One of the nastiest situations you'll ever find yourself in in life is when someone says something to you and you have a natural response, which is, oh, thanks, you too. But you're not in the situation that they're in. And your response makes no sense to what they said to you in the first place. That is a nasty situation. For example, you ever been about to catch a flight and somebody says, hey, have a nice flight. And even though they're not getting on a flight, you go, thanks, you too. They're not flying, fam. You ever be out to eat? And the server goes, enjoy your meal. You go, thanks, you too. Wow, dumbass. (laughs) They're not about to eat. Clearly, they're at work. Working hard. Starving, probably. Can't wait to get off. But here you go offering them something that makes no sense in their situation. Used to have a game. Somebody give you a pep talk. Go have a great game. Thanks. You too. They don't play, fam. They were just offering you what they felt like you needed to have a great game. They actually don't have a game at all. It's a nasty situation. And it's always bothered me. Every time I got one of those off, it bothered me. You know how much of an idiot you feel like? You know how stupid you feel when you ask somebody place and they be like, get home safe. And you be like, thanks, you too. Where are they going? They're already home, dumbass. Now you're an idiot. All they was doing was trying to offer you something nice. You said something back that doesn't make any sense. And the funny thing about this is, I used to think that I was the only person who felt this way. Like the only person who cared when they got that wrong. Till the other day I was at the airport, I was traveling, and we got dropped off. And the Lyft driver was like, hey guys, have a nice flight. And the person that I was with was like, you too. And we had that moment. How dare you? How could you say such a thing to this man? He is not traveling. Vacation is not on his mind. It's not in his agenda. And here you go offering this, knowing that that's not the situation that he's in. So when we got out, I made fun of him. I was like, wow, you offered for that man to have a good flight, knowing damn well he's not traveling. And I said it jokingly, thinking that they would go, I know, right? But they looked at me with this this face that was full of panic and embarrassment and disgust. And they said, I know, I messed up. And in that moment, I realized, oh, my God, it's not just me. Who takes this so seriously? You're actually in a moment right now. Because you told someone to have a good flight who wasn't traveling. And then I couldn't even make fun of him no more. I'm like, oh my god, it's you get it. It's a horrible thing to do. (laughs) But I'm just kind of shocked that throughout all of this, typically I've never heard someone correct themselves. Like if someone says, hey, enjoy your meal, and you go, hey, you too. I'm surprised I've never seen somebody go, I'm not eating a meal, dumbass. Like, that was for you. Tell me to have a good day at work. Like, actually pretend like you care about what's going on in my situation. Because when you just throw it back like that, now I know you don't give a shit. And now I don't want you to enjoy your meal as much as I wanted you to before. Now I hope you really don't enjoy your flight. I hope it sucks. Because you don't care enough to tell me to have a nice day at work after I cared enough to tell you to have a safe flight. Even though I know it's recorded in me, it's programmed because I'm telling people this all day, you should still get the response right. You don't just say thanks, you too, like we're some kind of robots. We're not human. You should be able to listen, dissect the situation, and give an appropriate response. And what if this happens in other situations that we've never thought of? What if this happened in a situation where it made you, as the person who's responding, think about your response? Like if you were at the bank and the teller told you, hey, have a good day with your money. And you said, hey, you too. Did you mean that? 
Because if I'm the teller and you tell me to have a good day with your money, well, damn it, I plan on it now. Oh, I'm about to turn up. You said I could. Pay attention. That's not my problem. That's yours. Or what if you was telling one of your friends, like, yeah, me and the wife, man, we had a great night. I really enjoyed her. It went down. They said, oh, yeah. Me too. Bet your ass realize how important it is to get it right in that situation. Welcome to in the moment. Yeah. There's a moment in everything, and everything is a moment. I talk about the comedy in it all. This is your first time. Welcome to the funniest podcast you've never heard. I'm stumbling like I can't see. Or your money back. Shout out to all my regular listeners. Every time they reach, crossover on me. Knock me off my feet. Episode 59. Kyle Cover from 3. Yeah. We in the building another week. I know what time it is. Clap it up for yourself if you hear what I mean. Listen, if you happen to be one of the listeners who are looking for an update on how my entire March Madness bracket went, because I told y'all last week that I signed up for March Madness knowing I had no business doing it. I didn't watch any college basketball this year. I know nothing. Yet here I am, ready to gamble, ready to give my hard-earned money away on this, of which I know nothing about, and I did. And I lost. I lost horribly. All of the teams I picked to win started losing in the first round to 15 seeds, to schools I've never heard of before. Oral Roberts was one of them. How do you lose to a university named Mouth Roberts? I would have never picked them. However, I also didn't know that they had the leading scorer in the nation, and that they were pretty damn good, and I enjoyed watching them, but I didn't enjoy losing my money because I didn't pick a school named Oral Roberts to win. I imagine they would have been great at shit-talking anything that had to do with the Oral. I'm sure your mind goes a lot of different places there, but I will stay here. Just saying, I would have never picked Oral Roberts over, like, Texas. Or something like that. But I did. I'm paying for it. Literally. So, say that to say, if you have the gambling problem that I clearly have, stop. At the time, I thought it was a good idea. Then here I go picking Ohio State over Oral Roberts, which I thought made sense to anybody who knows anything about college, universities, or college sports. Boy, was I wrong. I will not do this again until next year when it's March Madness again, and I will be right here complaining to y'all about the same thing. But until then, I am done. At some point in your life, you get to a point where you're trying to look for ways to make money, not waste money. It seems like it becomes harder to do the older you get, but I was trying to be productive on Friday night. And shout out to y'all if you have purchased any of my merch, because I certainly appreciate it. Merch has been doing well. Some of you are going out of your way to purchase some of my in-the-moment gear, and I am certainly appreciative of that. So much so that I wanted to get some new designs rocking, and boy, do I have a new respect for people who create not only any kind of designs or logos or anything like that, but clothes especially. Like, that's hard. I don't know if I'm going to be talking as much shit as I used to about someone else's outfit ever again. I had no idea. You know what goes into designing a shirt? Oh, my God. I'd never done this. 
Here I was thinking I was artistic. Thinking, oh, this can't be that difficult. I'd created a clothing line and I wanted to give my people some more merch. Wanted to give them some new designs. Something other than just my face. <laughs> I end up staying up till like five in the morning trying to figure out a way to design some t-shirts. And outside of just putting your homeboy picture on it, or just putting a little hashtag on it, that is not an easy thing to do. I promise you. You may think it is. It is not. I was up till five in the morning. I probably created about 400 designs. You know how many stuck? One. And I'm still not confident in that one. Why in the hell is this so damn hard? I came up with one design that I think crushed it. I think it's fire. I put it out. I haven't promoted it yet, but somebody did buy it before I could even promote it, which made me think, okay, maybe we're on to something here. But that is hard. I've made fun of Kanye for some of them sneakers he's put out. And I will continue to, but that's not the point. <laughs> I just have a new respect because it's a lot harder than I imagined it to be. I think my baby sister took every ounce of artistic ability that existed within this family. Because there is none left over for me. I promise you. I can't design a t-shirt, fam. It's three words. I was trying to find a way to put them together and still look cool so that people can buy my gear and not get made fun of. And damn it, y'all just gonna have to live with getting made fun of, okay? Put support, because I got nothing left. Five hours to come up with one design that was decent. And the crazy thing is, when you come up with like four designs and it takes you all of this time to do it and you send them to somebody close to you, and they go, eh, I kind of just like this one. <laughs> now you're going to like all four of these shits. Nah. <laughs> it took me five, six hours. It was up to five in the morning, man. No, you don't get to just like one. Eh, this one, this one might work. No, no, actually, you're going to buy all four of them. You know what I'm talking about? What might work. I am tired as hell. Buy a t-shirt. I don't have that. I just don't have the creative gene, and here I am trying to do it on my own, feeling like I got this. It can't be that hard. This is the same way that I have been struggling since being a kid in elementary school when the girls used to pass the notes in class. Remember that? Remember the girl used to give you a little note? You used to have to open it from the corner. It was folded perfectly in a way like, like nothing you've ever seen before. You pull it out, and all of a sudden all the corners release, and you open this grand note. All it really said was, I... I like you. Check yes or no. I never knew what to do. Like, how do you return it? I struggled with that. This is a lot more difficult than Blockbuster. I ain't know what to do. I just used to check whatever I was checking and hand it back as a regular loose leaf paper. I can't fold this back. I know you don't think you're getting a return note that's going to come in the shape of a plane or a rabbit. No. My shit going to be folded twice like a manila folder. And I spent time on that, trying to get that even. Felt exactly like Blockbuster when I returned it. Wow, what a difference. This don't look nothing like when you handed me yours. I knew she wasn't going to date me based off of how trash my return was. I was no Devin Hessner when it came to returning. I promise. That's a sports thing. Only two of y'all will get that. Don't worry about it. That was just never my thing. I can't fold and I can't draw. But I got some pretty fire merch out. Because I did what it took me years to figure out. I asked for help. <laughs> Who knew that asking for help could be so beneficial? I had no idea. So yes, brand new designs up at T Public backslash in the moment right now. Go get you some gear.
to help me feel better about being so mad that it took me so long to create it. All right. Great warm up to get into what I'm really mad at this week. Let's talk about it. But you're just so damn sexy. Speaking of Blockbuster video, I'm mad that Blockbuster shut down, man. There's only one Blockbuster left, I think. The last Blockbuster. I was watching this Netflix documentary on Blockbuster and what happened to the franchise and how Netflix wasn't the actual cause of the demise of Blockbuster, which is still up for debate if you ask me, but looks like there was a lot more to it. And as I was watching this doc, I started to remember just the joy that existed at some point when I was a kid and you would go into Blockbuster Video and see all of these videos that you've never seen before, go into your favorite sections and try to find something that you would want to watch for the weekend with your family. There was something to that that this youth will never experience. That was really dope. Bring back videos to your mom that she wasn't going to let you rent, but you were shooting your shot. We ain't watching that. All right, mom. You go find something else, right? It was the, the entire experience. Walking around in the video store, sometimes you ain't even get anything. Finding the sections you had no business in, trying to read the titles, trying to learn something. All of that. Late fees. <laughs> Late fees ain't wait for nobody. But as much, as much nostalgia, as much of just the good times that I can remember about Blockbuster Video being a thing, I feel like I remember it for being a good thing for the most part because I was young. I didn't really think about what it was like to have to live in that era and be older. And more importantly than be older, be into porn. I didn't think about that. Now me, I'm not much of a porn guy. But I don't judge anyone who is. I get it. Do what you do. But I imagine you are way more excited about this era than you've ever been. That had to be difficult. Back then, you couldn't just pull up your favorite porn from your bookmarks on your computer. You had to walk into a store and find it. Search through them all and then pick one. And then take it to the counter and tell the young lady who was staring at you that, yes, I would like to purchase Forrest Dump on my chest. Can you imagine having to look at this woman with a collection of three videos? Forrest Dump, Squirt-A-Go, and Pump Fiction? Oh my, I've never seen sit on my Scarface. Can you imagine? And some of the things you might have been into, you didn't want other people to know. I don't care what they tell you. They were judging you as you put these videos on the counter. They were. And if they weren't judging you on the fact that you were purchasing a porn, they were judging you off of which one you purchased. But either way, there was a judge in that room. There's no way that you can convince me that they didn't judge you off of the fact that you chose Ocean's Eleven's Inches over Meet Joe's Black Cock. There's no way. You had to go into a store. And maybe it wasn't Blockbuster. Maybe it was the other spot. But you still had to have human interaction. You had to communicate with somebody you don't know unless you were in there every week. That's a whole nother ballgame about how you wanted to experience your night, how you wanted to live. I never thought about that. It's good to have been a kid in that era. <laughs> it's a whole different thing now. I thought about Kirk Franklin. I love Kirk Franklin. I do. He's come out and he's admitted that even though he is a pastor, a man of God, created all these beautiful songs for us to go to church to, Hallelujah. that he's also a porn addict. He's told us this. Young people, there's nothing wrong I don't with judge him, but I do Jesus. wonder, well, who is he sending to the store? 
can't Leno Kirk wasn't going up in there himself. Yeah, imagine. Oh, yeah, Kirk Franklin. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too, son. All right. Well, you only won two videos today. May the foreskin be with you in Robocop. Can you imagine? <laughs> Kirk could go to that store, man. Yeah, tell somebody that. You know what, son? I'm going to add this to. Oh, the Da Vinci's load. Yeah. I've seen that one, Kirk. <laughs> we didn't know he had the mouth back then he does today. Kirk probably went to Oral Roberts, but we didn't know that. We didn't know. It wasn't your business. You had to tell everybody your business back in the day. Now you do it from the comfort of your own home or at work from the stories I've heard. Either way, you should be grateful that you have access to this information without having to come in contact with a stranger to get it. Who's next? All right. Speaking of fingers, I mean, we wasn't exactly talking about fingers, but with what we were talking about, you could see how fingers would be a part of it. Anywho, um, I was on a flight last week, and for whatever reason, I'm always the guy who finds himself in a situation on the flight where I have to deal with something uncomfortable. Doesn't matter whether I do first class, comfort, coach, it doesn't matter. I always find myself in an uncomfortable situation. Maybe somebody behind me keeps kicking my chair. Maybe somebody just puts their feet entirely on my armrest. Whatever the case I always find myself in a situation. And I probably should stop saying that I find myself in a situation because that's probably half the reason that I do. But just when you think, all right, well, there's nothing I haven't seen. At least when I get on the plane, I'll be prepared for anything that can happen because I've seen it all. They hit me with something I haven't seen before, which is this guy who is sitting in front of me. And for whatever reason, the only way that he knows how to lay down is by putting his entire arm behind his head so that he can lay down. You know how you lay on your arm, and that's fine. I get that. But then he, like, grips the back of the seat. And for some reason, he didn't put two and two together, which means that if there's a TV on the back of the person in front of you's seat, then there must be a TV on the back of the seat that you're currently sitting in. And I couldn't see said TV because his thick-ass fingers was covering up the screen for about a good five minutes. And this ain't no normal size dude we talking about, man. This dude had the thickest fingers I ever seen in my life. I'm not even trying to be funny. I ain't have nothing else to do but observe his fingers since I can't see the game. And pause, them with some thick ass fingers, man. And it's funny how other people will do something that makes you feel inconvenienced or uncomfortable and you still feel uncomfortable saying something to him about it. I didn't want to say nothing to the dude. I don't even know why. I just didn't feel like it. I didn't feel like having this kind of confrontation, even if it wasn't like a bad one. Still, I don't want to get on a flight and have to tell somebody, hey, fam, pardon me, but can you remove your thick-ass fingers from my TV because I can't see the game? That's just not a conversation I want to pay all of this money to get on a flight to have. I don't. So I let him leave his fingers there. For about a good three or four minutes, I missed some layups, a couple zing-zing hezzies. I missed all of that. I couldn't see through this man's fingers. TV on the back of the seat ain't but 10 inches to begin with. And I thought to myself, it ain't going to be with 30 seconds, and he's going to realize, oh, I'm wilding. I got my thick-ass fingers on this person's TV. Nah. Minute goes by, two, three minutes go by, and then finally I had to, like, I had to tap him. I tapped him on his wrist. Ew. 
And he turned around as if I was bothering him from having such a great flight. I said, pardon me, fam, but I can't see the television through your fingers. He's like, oh. And it moved him. No my bad, no sorry, no excuse me. No nothing. As if it's my fault. I didn't even want to say anything. And if you had regular size fingers, I might have let it go. But them fingers, man, I think. If you know you walk around with some thick ass fingers, well, just don't put them in people's way. You can't do any of the things that normal people get to do, like point. Ain't pointing nobody with them fingers. You can't do the Matumbo. You can't do nothing you saw that man do on a Da Vinci's load. You kill that woman. Them thick ass fingers, man. Hell is wrong with you? Move your fingers, sir. Pardon me. I thought about calling for help. Excuse me, ma'am. Would you mind asking this man to remove his thick ass fingers so I could watch the game? Moral of the story is know yourself, man. Have some sort of self-awareness. Know that if there's a TV in front of you, there's more than likely one behind you if you're on a flight and know the size of your fingers. The hell is that woman going to do when they come down to get that man a ring? She don't need a wrestling ring. It's the only thing that's going to fit around his damn fingers. Who's next? I'm mad at a few things on social media this week. Number one, when you buy something. I'm mad at what happens after you buy something. Have you ever paid attention to this? They put all of this science, all of these incredibly smart men coming up with this technology in order to dive into our lives, pay attention to every move we make, and then know who we are, and then know what kind of ads to present to us to where they'll profit and benefit. All of this time and money and effort going into this situation. Yet and still, for some reason, y'all haven't been wise enough to realize that after we purchase something, chances are we don't need it again. You keep throwing things at me based off of what I search and who I talk to and what I talk to them about. Fine. But if I buy a bracelet, why is your next move to show me 473 bracelets? Fam, I'm good. I bought it. Like, I don't need 30 of them. Show me a chain now that might match the bracelet. I don't know why I continue to go through this. I bought a pair of sneakers. You might like all 47 of these. I promise you I was done. No, the one is good. I can't wear that many at the same time. Relax. You buy a car? Where his 37 more cars. I don't know why you think I'm Floyd Mayweather. I, like, literally one was good. One is fine. Yep, pretty sure. It's all I need. I just wonder if when you get to a certain level in life and you start purchasing things like jets, like, do they show you seven more jets? Like, what am I, the Jetsons? What do you think? What am I going to do with seven more jets? Only thing you should show me at this point is fuel. That's the only thing I'm purchasing on top of just buying a damn jet. Show me something different. You know, it's not like you go to the hospital, you have a baby. They don't bring four or five other babies in there. Hey. If you like that one, well, maybe you'll like these. Fam, I just need one baby. It just doesn't make sense that they do that with all the money and the technology. I'm mad at how good these different places are becoming at sending you fraudulent text messages. Have we noticed this? Oh, they're getting good, man. I used to know a fraudulent text two lines in. Now not only do they give you paragraphs, like they know you. They call you by your nickname. Hey, Mo, what's going on, man? What? Yo, Reese, how you feeling today? I'm sucked in. I'm good. How are you? Great. Just wondering if you could send us 10000 because we got this and that. And I'm like, yo, who is this? 
Why did they know my entire family nickname? No one even knows this. Only my mom calls me that. They give you links off the top and everything. You click the link, it takes you right to the website, has your first name there. Hi, Maurice, we knew we'd hear from you. What? This is such an elaborate scam that even though I know it's a scam, I'm ready to pay you because it had to cost a lot to be able to scam me this well. They starting to get a little too good at what they do to try to get your money, man. They do that with people who call you, too. I don't remember what company it was, but somebody called me the other day and was like, yo, what's up, is this Mo? I was like, yeah, fam, what's good? They was like, ain't nothing. Chilling, brother, it's Macy's, man. You owe us like $30. What? Yo, fam, no, you, you was giving me the lingo. I didn't know this was that call. I let you in. Um, was wondering if you could pay that today. Yo, hold up. I would have been hung up on you. I had no idea you. Why'd you call me like you was at a family reunion that I was missing out on? I don't understand. Who taught you that? You just asked me how my family was doing. You sucked me in. I know I owe you this money. This is why I was always avoiding the calls. When did y'all change the number? Oh, now nah, that wasn't working, so we figured we switched the area code and have me call you. All right. Well, it worked. Now I'm on it. Block. What do you mean? They're getting too good at this, man. Who's next? I'm mad at YouTube, too. YouTube is going to do every and anything that they can to get you to get this premium membership. And I see this. YouTube is not playing. Every damn ad is 10, 15 minutes now. What happened to the five-second ads, man? As soon as you go to YouTube, 30-second ad. What? They ain't got the nerve to double up on you. You think one ad go off, okay, it was only five seconds, that ain't bad. Nope, not going to the video, going to another ad. YouTube gonna force you to go premium. You want to download a video to watch it on the plane? Here you go. Psych. It's a free trial. Gotta get you a membership. I promise y'all I'm not gonna break. YouTube, y'all not gonna break me like this, man. How y'all think that a five-minute ad is suitable for a 46-second video? Halfway through the ad, I don't forgot what I clicked the video for. I don't remember what I was trying to watch. Nor do I care anymore. All I know now is I'm hungry. It don't even be a good ad. It don't even be an ad that's going to suck me in. Be an ad of something I already bought. Tired of it. Who's next? And I don't want to sign that membership because it's always strings attached. It's always strings attached. They try to tell you no strings attached. It's the same thing as relationships. How many times in your life have you started a relationship that started with no strings attached and ended with no strings attached? It's a lie. It's a lie, I promise y'all. Don't let nobody tell you different. Every time I got into a relationship in my life with somebody talking about there's no strings attached, I could have bungee jumped and lived. It's a big-ass string attached. It's a rubber band of a string attached. It's all kind of strings. Always start off that way. Nah, no strings. No strings. What? Look down. I guarantee you, unless it's some kind of magic trick, you could see them strings. Might as well be a ventriloquist, doll. I don't care what they tell you. Oh, it's a string. I don't care how thin it is. It's a string. As soon as they drive off, it's pulling you away. I thought there was no strings. There's always a string. Regardless of what they say. All right, let's get in the shout out. I dreamed it all ever since I was young. They said I won't be nothing. Now they always say congratulations. Real quick, shout out to ForTheCultureClothing.com. That's P-H-O-R-T-H-E-K-U-L-T-U-R-E Clothing.com. They sent me a few pieces. I spotlighted them on my Instagram, but I got a ton of compliments everywhere I went to times that I've had on their gear. So I just wanted to give them a quick shout out on the podcast because I like what they're doing. I like what they represent. I like the fact that they thought about me. So think about them if you are in the line for some hoodies, some sweatshirts, or some T-shirts or more. 
Foles are dope. So shout out to them. Shout out to Maury Povich. Uh, simply for the fact that I had no idea this man was still going. Um, we've seen Jerry Springer go down. Ricky Lake. Montel Williams. Sally Jesse Raphael. I mean, we've seen a lot of them go down. That are from that era that Maury is from. Maury is still kicking, man. Are you kidding me? Goes to show you, people will eventually get tired of you fighting, and carrying on, and acting a certain kind of way, and they'll eventually get tired of your drama. But life will never get tired of trying to figure out who in the hell is the daddy. That just don't get old. There's always a place for who's the father. Maury found a lane that worked for him and stuck with it. And it has been lucrative to him his entire existence. That's where we all should reach to be. He found a way to just smile, deliver news, and go away. That's all Papa John's had to do. Smile, deliver pizza, and go away. And just don't say anything crazy in the meantime. But no, couldn't do it. Meanwhile, here's Maury. In the case of one-year-old Shedalia, Terrence, you are not... Seven years later, shit's still working, man. I don't know. I don't know whether to be happy for Maury and to respect him or to feel a way that we are still in a place where we need this. I mean, catfish has come and gone, right? Catfish was fire for a while, but eventually technology takes over and you simply just don't need catfish anymore. People evolve. Technology gets better. And, well, you just have somebody FaceTime you. You don't need catfish, right? Don't work like that when it comes to figuring out who the father is. I don't care how much people evolve. I don't care how much better technology gets. Still somebody somewhere was not exactly sure. And I don't know how to feel about that, but Maury has certainly capitalized on it. He's taking advantage of it. Is he an opportunist? I don't know. But it's working. So shout out to Maury. Shout out to Elephant Man. It's a guy who decided to take his toddler into an elephant cage, and then the elephant ran up on him, and then he ended up running away with his child from the elephant and then dropped his child. Yes, he fumbled his child on the two-yard line and got outside of the gate and had to reach in and pull his child back to him while the elephant was on the way. If you haven't heard this story, here it goes. A terrifying close call for people at the zoo Friday night. A man entering the elephant enclosure with his two-year-old daughter in his arms. San Diego police say the man wanted a picture, getting through two security fences meant to keep people away from the elephants. One of those fences is electrified. Witnesses say the elephants quickly became aggravated. The elephant starts charging the man with his baby in his arms. The man was able to make it out, but not before another close call. Police say he dropped the child as the animal was approaching. He's able to like tuck and roll and kind of throw the baby back underneath the fence of the enclosure. Police say the man will be facing at least child endangerment charges. They are also looking into whether or not he was intoxicated. So many questions about this story. This is why some people should not have children. If you want to endanger yourself, by all means, you don't bring your toddler with you, fam. He didn't have a choice. You wouldn't jump out of a damn plane with your two-year-old strapped to your chest, would you? For one, it's stupid. It's dangerous. And your job as a parent is to protect your child, 
not to put them in danger. But of all of that, the most moral thing of it is, well, they don't have a choice. That's something you should decide to do and not with the brain of a toddler. You know how mad I would be when I get older and realize that my dad did this dumb shit? You gotta fight me. Yo, fam, what was you thinking? Why would you take me in there and then fumble me? You're gonna fumble me, dad? You couldn't even carry me to the end zone? What kind of dad are you? It was a great idea until that elephant was charging you. What did you think would happen? The elephant probably ain't want to do nothing but talk to him. Come here, stupid. Why, why would you do this? Give me your son. Give me your son. He's better here. And I've seen Lion King. I've seen Jungle Book. Tarzan. I do believe that the kid would have been better with the animals. So the elephant was right. Hey, fam, what are you doing? You want to get a picture with me as your son? Around some animals, take us over there with the birds or something. You know, don't take us to the elephants. Then he gets arrested, he goes to jail, and I could only wonder to myself, did his wife try to get him out? Because I feel like most moms in that situation are like, nah, it seems like he wanted to go in a cage so bad. Well, he's there now. Enjoy your stay, hon. Think about what you've done. I would... <laughs> And I would be way more mad at the fact that he fumbled me than the fact that he actually took me in there. Like, why would you take me in there knowing that you're not the guy? You were in an eye formation, lined up, hut, hut, and then fumbled me, fam. You're not the guy. You're not the guy who can do something for me when danger comes. It's not you, and you knew that about yourself. So why would you take me in there? If you were Tarzan, it's different. Okay, Dad, let's go for it. It's not who you are. Don't yell hut on the play if you're not sure that you can carry me through the defensive lineman. Dad, don't do it. I just thought that was disgusting. Who's next? Shout out to the two girls that did that nasty horribleness to that Uber driver. They were yelling at him and calling him all kind of names and ripping his mask off, taking his phone from him, and it went viral. Y'all probably remember that story, and I'm giving them a shout out because they were arrested. I didn't get to do it last week, so shout out to them because I'm glad they got arrested. Because we should not treat Uber drivers and Lyft drivers like this. It's ridiculous. It's disgusting. Stop going out of your way to try to get some clout or to be someone you're not. But I did think in this moment, Uber drivers and Lyft drivers should appreciate passengers like me way more. I'm sitting there watching this video like, how do you get into a fight of any kind with an Uber driver or a Lyft driver? I don't even talk. So now I know when I get in a lift, I've noticed it's different now. When I don't want to talk, I feel like lift drivers used to be a little disappointed in that. Oh, he's not a talker. Now they're like, thank God. <laughs> you rather that. You don't know what talking could go. This is why you shouldn't even talk. Get in the car, shut up, go where you're going and get out. That's it. What are you doing? Put a mask on if you need a mask. That's the way it goes. Or get a car. Drive yourself. And you do what you want. If you get into someone else's car, put on a mask. How difficult is that? Not gonna lie, it's one of the few times in life I was happy to see somebody get arrested. So shout out to them and shout out to the lift driver who had to do it. All right, let's get down to business. I guess I gotta speak to this Derek Jackson thing for a little bit, even though it's been a while now. It's a little outdated, but yeah. Um, my opinions are not much different from the opinions of anyone else who has witnessed this situation. 
I think he is the poster boy of why there are some women in the world who believe that the actions of one man are the actions of every man. And when you see dudes like him messing up the game in this fashion, well, it's difficult to argue. I completely get why they feel that way. This is a guy, if you're not aware, who was a quote-unquote relationship guru. And he went viral. A lot of his clips would be of him sitting in a car and spewing his opinion upon other people and other people's relationships. He wrote books about relationships, about men who would cheat and how he felt about these men. And he had a lot to say about a lot of men in a lot of different situations. Here's one of the things he did say. I have no sympathy for a man who finds it to be difficult to be faithful after being in a promiscuous lifestyle, and neither should you. Nobody told you to be promiscuous before the relationship, and nobody made you be monogamous with just her. You don't want her, let another man have her. Simple. But the truth is, you've probably been cheating months before you actually put your dick in her. And more times, I would say nine times out of ten, when the dude gets caught cheating, that wasn't his very, very first time cheating. That wasn't his only time cheating. That was his only time getting caught. So he would say things like this. And all of that to come to where we are now, which is that, well, the entire time he had all these opinions about other men cheating, he was cheating. And not only was he cheating. He was cheating, cheating. I mean, he had women in the house. He had multiple women. He was like, he was out there. Everything about this man was fraudulent. He wrote books on it, in which I've always said, if somebody appears to be an expert on something that they claim to never have done, well, how in the hell did you become an expert at it? You have to ask yourself that sometime. Some people claim to be experts about things that they say they've never witnessed. Well, I'm not sure how much of an expert you can be. So when you write all these books and have all these passages about all of these men who have cheated and the, the mind of a cheating man, I think was the literal name of one of his books, how in the hell do you know about the mind of a cheating man unless you are a cheating man? <laughs> it just makes sense. And I talked about this before. The guy, there's always that guy in a room who is telling everybody why he's such a great guy and why all the other men suck. And usually he's the worst guy in the room. There's a reason. It's him. We should have known this by the way this man spells his last name. Who spells Jackson J-A-X-N? Who does that? He'll never be with the great Jacksons of the world. None of the Jacksons. Not Michael, not Tito, not any of them. Randy, Janet, none of them. You're not a real Jackson. But it's always the guy who's posting all of these things on social media about how to be the amazing guy and why all of these men who are trash are this way. And I was always skeptical about that guy. And well, Derek proved me right. Plus, why is he always doing videos in his car? Have you never reached your destination? Where are you going? Where are you coming from? Why are you always in between places? All of these things should be valid questions if you think about them. Then the man gets caught cheating. He decides he wants to do a video about it. So he has his wife sit next to him and hold his hand while he tells all of us all of the details of him cheating. I was disgusted by all of this, to be honest. Fam, why is your wife there? She wasn't there when you was cheating. She wasn't by your side then. She didn't have a voice, an opinion, nothing. But you bring her to sit by your side now? When you're admitting to what kind of man you really are, you should have did that on your own, player. Why is she there? She didn't want to talk. It was obvious. She didn't say a word. She didn't want to speak. If she did say something, it was obvious she wasn't into it. People in the comments were making fun of her. 
saying she's wearing a bonnet. You were laughing back with them. <laughs> no, but it's really a hat. Nothing's funny about that. I can't imagine finding myself in a situation where I embarrassed my wife to this extent. I've been yelling from the mountaintops about all of the negative things that come with cheating. And all the time I'm cheating. And then when I get caught, I want her to sit by my side, hold my hand while I talk in third person about all of the cheating I've done. That is insane. You are more concerned with your brand than you are the actual woman that you are married to. That's a little crazy to me. She had no business there. You as a guy who signed up for this whole social media thing knows what it means to actually be somewhat of a public figure on any kind of social media platform. It's nothing to play with. It's not fun. People have a lot to say about people they've never met. It's crazy. You know that. But you put your wife in a position to have to deal with it when she didn't sign up for it? I feel for her. I feel for her. And I wish people would leave her alone. There's so many people that have so many bad things to say about this woman. Why? Why? She was blindsided. Like so many of us in similar situations. Why are you mad at her? If anything, everybody should feel for her. Because she's still trying to stand by this idiot. And I feel for her. I do. For whatever way that he's brainwashed her, she's tried to respond by using Jesus and saying that it's all in his hands, which is true. But at the same time, the guy that you're referring to when you're speaking about how negative things have got, well, it's the same guy who's blamed Jesus for the fact that y'all are there. At that point, I had a beef with God. I gave my life to Christ and my whole life fell apart. My marriage fell apart. At this point, I'm not seeing my kids. And I really honestly just went to a place of, of effort. This man blamed Jesus. Yeah, as soon as I decided to get my life right with the Lord, it all went downhill. That's when I got off the boat. Fam, you are wilding. I'd rather swim. You've been wilding, but you're going to blame Jesus? Oh, this is a new level. You better blame Mr. Charlie. Don't blame Mr. Charlie. I know what Betty told us, but I'd rather you blame Mr. Charlie than Jesus, fam. What are you talking about? Jesus had nothing to do with you. You know who fault this is? Dirt. Who's next? I never believed that you should throw people under the bus after you were in a relationship with them because I think it makes you look just as bad as it makes them look. However bad you want to make them look, you were still in a relationship with them. You still made that choice. So what I look like going out here and being like, y'all, she was this, 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 and that. Well, I still lay down with her. Makes me look just as crazy as it make her look, in my opinion. Who's next? Somebody said to me this week, well, everybody tells everybody about their relationship. You have to tell somebody. No, you don't. I used to. Till I got a little older and realized, no, actually, you can keep that to yourself. Because the truth of the matter is, well, no one else really cares. <laughs> and they don't really know either. They're not there every day. They don't know what that person does for you. They don't know what you do to that person. That is the thing about opinions. I told somebody the other day that I've gotten to a point where I don't respond to people on social media based off of negative energy. I just don't do it. They were like, wow, we're good for you. <laughs> Must be nice. <laughs> and the thing is, this doesn't come from a place of arrogance, of, nah, I just know I got it like that, so I don't need to listen to people. No. It comes from the complete opposite of that. It comes from years of beating myself up off of other things that people would say about me. Where did that ever get me? What good did that ever do? You have to really sit down with yourself one day and think about the formula that people use to form opinions. What do they use? Where do these opinions come from? Truth of the matter is people's opinions are trash because they're based off of nothing. 
They don't know shit. They don't know who you are. They don't know what you've been through. They don't know what you've had to fight, what you're fighting now, what you've dealt with and what you deal with, what you've overcome, what you've faced, how many times you've sacrificed yourself in order to put somebody else in position, how many times you've been selfless, how many times you've clapped in the dark for other people when they didn't even know you were clapping for them while you were crying on the inside of what you were facing, how many years of this you had to go through in order to make yourself a better person. They don't know any of that. They don't know your childhood. They don't know the mistakes your parents made, your friends made, your brothers made, your girlfriend, your boyfriend. How many times you called on God and he didn't come and you could have went off the edge and blamed God. Now you Derek Jackson. They don't know. They see Kirk Franklin on stage when he got the choir behind him. They don't see what happened when he go backstage, get on the phone with his son and that porn is calling him. They don't know. I'm not saying that to make fun of Kirk Franklin. I'm really not. I'm saying that to say people have no idea what you face. And what you have faced to become half of who you are. But they will so confidently form an opinion about you off of one thing they heard you say. You could have been alive for 30 plus years, 40 plus years, 20 plus years. And did nothing but good. Or at least attempted to. For all those years. But they heard you say one thing on Twitter. I don't like him. He's a clown. They heard you say one thing on air. We're canceling him. Why should I care? Why should you care? It took years for me to get to the point of why do I care so much about what one person who I have never met in West Bubblefuck thinks about me. Oh, how many times I got on my knees and prayed to God. For a blessing? So that I wouldn't kill myself? These people don't know. They don't know any better. You gonna fight the world? Oh, I got millions of followers, so I have to tell everybody what's going on in my relationship. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck thinking that they're gonna get it after you tell them this time. You're gonna have to, whatever you explain, you're gonna have to re-explain it. Whatever point you come up with, they're gonna take it wrong. You're gonna have to do it again. Doesn't matter. When people get to the point of forming opinions based off of some real, actual, factual type of equations, I will address them. They are forming opinions off of nothing. There's people out here don't even know themselves talking about they know you. Who's next? Watching a Chris Farley documentary the other day and he said he made millions of people laugh off of simply trying to make his dad laugh. That was it. It's most of us. Just trying to make my mama proud. Trying to make my girl proud. Trying to make my dude proud. Whoever it may be. That's who you're doing it for. What do you think? All the followers? You're going to make them proud? It's not going to happen. So I get the Jay-Z's of the world. The Beyonce's. The Eminem's. The Kendrick Lamar's. You don't hear from them. Yo, here go this music. I'm going to talk to you through my art. And then I'm out. And stop thinking that these celebrities' relationships are goals. They're not. Clearly. They're only goals until y'all decide that they're not. Fam, they're human, just like everybody else. They have problems, just like everybody else. I am not making any couple a goal until they're 97 and have been married for 76 years. At that point, I'll go, you know what? That's a goal. <laughs> Till then, you're shooting at a very small net with a very big goalie. Who's next? Reflective moment of the week. This came from a rapper named Mano. It kind of ties into what I've been saying earlier, but people have to learn to respect the process more. It's so true that all people really respect are the results. They see you holding up the trophy, they want that moment. But they don't want to go through all of the practices that you had to go through to get there. 
they see you at the sold out event, but they don't know how many shows you had to perform at when it was only two to ten people there and you still had to give it your role every day for a lot, lot less money. They see all of the results. You want to get the A on the test, you don't want to study. And at some point, it takes for some of you to find out the hard way that life just simply doesn't work like that. You have to put in the work, the time, the effort. You're trying to ride somebody else's coattails. Don't matter what gender you are, don't matter what age you are, don't matter what kind of person you are. If you are trying to ride the successes of someone else, well, there's a lot you're going to miss because there's no journey. You just want the results. There's a process that has to be had. You got to go through something to get something. Don't appreciate the sun till you go through the rain. All these different kind of cliche quotes. They're all there. But it's true. There's a process that it took me years to figure out to realize that, wow, the journey is pretty cool. While I'm sitting here always overthinking the journey and thinking about the end. Not wanting to appreciate the actual journey because I'm too focused on the results. Sometimes you got to relax and realize that the journey is just as important as the destination. One thing in life I had to learn to respect is the process. I had to learn to respect the process because without the process, nothing comes into being. The thing about Instagram and social media and all that shit, you never see the process. You never see the journey. All you see is the results. They used to seeing the cars, the cribs, the, 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 the watches, the jewelry. If you're accustomed to seeing the results, then that's what you, 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 you grow up in a time when you feel entitled because that's what you used to seeing. Nobody falls in love with the, with the journey. The journey is important. The process is, is important because without the process, none of these things come into play. So everybody is, is so entitled. It's a process to being lit. You got to trust that. It's a journey to being lit. Because while you're sitting up there watching all that other shit, you don't know what it took. Them years it took to get there. Respect that pain the process. To... All people see are the results. But know that the process is just as important. Who's next? All right, before I get out of here, quote of the week. I genuinely don't remember her name. If I go back and find her, I'll give her a shout out. But I followed somebody this week who followed me. And their tagline on their Twitter was, I'm aware but not concerned. Sometimes it's okay to watch how people move and to see things. Oh, okay. That's cool. That's how we moving. Oh, we doing that. Oh, wow. You feel that way. Sometimes it's okay. Most of the time, actually, I believe. It's okay to see it, know it, feel it, believe it, receive it, and not show your hand. I'm not even going to show you that I'm bothered by this, but just know that I know. God got me. But now I know how you're moving. You don't have to always show the person your hand just because they showed theirs. Because now you know what you're dealing with and you have leverage. Move that way. It's the wiser way to move. The quieter person in the room is normally the smarter one. It's just my opinion. The louder person in the room is typically the one who has way more to worry about. Derek Jackson is a perfect example of that. He was the loudest guy in the room when it came to men who cheat. When all of the time the man is a Hall of Famer himself of cheating. <laughs> Should tell you something. Oh, most of the loud are loud for a reason. Not realizing that they think they're hiding in plain sight, but we can all see it. But it's not always your job to be the whistleblower. I see it. But I'm not concerned. I'm aware. But it will not affect me. Handle it like you want. But just know, 
that whatever decision you decide to make, there will always be a string attached. As always, it's been a pleasure to share the moment with you. I appreciate you. Next week, bitches. All I'm saying is imagine you get done wrong in the spotlight in front of everybody like this, to this extent, by a man with the last name Jackson. And it's none of the famous or legendary Jacksons that we know. I mean, it's not Michael, Reby, Jackie, Jermaine, Latoya, Marlon, Randy, Janet, Joe, Catherine, Jesse, Malaya, Andrew, Samuel, Jackie Robinson, my Aunt Jackie, Bobby Jackson. Mostly I don't know who he was, but at least he played in the NBA. Bo, Mark. Ain't none of these Jacksons. Lamar. Nobody with talent. Could have at least been Tito. I'd have settled for Jim Jackson. But Derek?